Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today is our Easter celebration. Very early in the morning, the chief priest with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priest accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they have accused you of. But Jesus made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Now, it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas in prison was in prison with the insurrectionist who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified.
the soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and and put his own clothes on. Then they led him out to crucify him. school. 
A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forcing him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he didn't take it, and they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast loads to see what each will get. It was night in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled incense at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priest and the teachers of the law mock him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those crucifying with him also heap insults on him. until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, 
which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave, me, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there.
When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Please join in singing Christ the Lord is Risen Today, number 166 in your hymnals. Christ the Lord is risen today. 
Special thank you to uh, David and Anna who came today and, and sang. Show them your gratitude. You feel inadequate speaking after that. But I want to tell a story today, and I want to tell it to you two times, two different versions, because I think it's important. And it's, it's a story that you've heard before. And this first version, you're probably going to think, yeah, I, I know that story. I've heard that story before. It's the gospel story, as probably most of us have heard it. In the beginning, God creates man in his image for God's pleasure, and so that man can reflect God's character and his love. But God, man sinned in the garden and turned away from God. And because God is too holy to look upon sin, God turns away from man. And there's a gap. A gap that man cannot bridge. But God loved His creation and had a way to bridge that gap. And He sent His Son to live as God intended us to live. A perfect life in communion with God. And at the end of Jesus' life, he is crucified. And God places all of the sins of all the humans that have lived and ever will live on Jesus. And because God cannot look upon sin, he turns away. And Jesus bears the price for our sins. But that's not the end of the story. Because on the third day, Jesus rises again. And He provides a way for us to live forever with God. A covering, an asbestos suit, if you will, that protects us from the wrath of God against sin so that we can spend forever with God. And that's probably the way most of us have heard the gospel story told. I could see people shaking their heads when I was telling the story. Yeah, that's got it. That's what I learned. That's what I heard. But I think we can do better. I think if we read the Bible carefully, we can do better. Because that version is full of truth and goodness, but it's a little cut and dried. And it doesn't capture everything it ought to capture. But one quick thing before we do that. Have you ever known something, quote-unquote, but then later you found out it wasn't true? Yeah? One can understand, one example might be, in past times people looked into the sky and saw the sun rise in the east and set in the west day after day after day, and came to the conclusion that the sun must rotate around the earth. And I guess that's what we believed in past times. Now, we know that not to be true. And the earth rotates around the sun. Now, did what we believe about who rotated around who affect what really happened? No. The earth has always rotated around the sun. And things didn't somehow switch because we believe differently. Because truth is, right? 
Truth exists whether I accept it, whether I believe it or not. The same thing's true with God. Because sometimes we look at the Old Testament and we think, God was a little grumpy in the Old Testament. <laughs> I mean, we got wrath and fire and destruction and floods. and Jesus comes in the New Testament. God's in a better mood. <laughs> Glad I'm over here in the New Testament. Right? But what we know is that God is the same and has always been the same. God cannot change. That's good news for us because if it was a fickle God and He was always changing His mind, it'd be really difficult for us. But God has been the same and has always been the same and will always be the same. We just didn't always know that. So let's tell the story again with that in mind. In the beginning, God creates man in His image for God's pleasure and so that man may reflect God's character and His love. But man turned away from God in the garden when he sinned. But God does not turn away from man as some have suggested. Because the Bible does say God is too holy to look upon sin in Habakkuk 1.13. But what that verse really means is God is too pure to look favorably upon sin. Because the next very next line says, but you tolerate it anyway for our sakes. And God does not turn away from it. He pursues man. And God comes to the garden and says, Adam, where are you? As if God didn't know. And when Cain kills Abel, and Cain says, everybody's going to want to kill me. God says, I will protect you. And how many times in the Old Testament does God come to the children of Israel and say, put away your false idols and your false worship. Return to me and I will bless you and everything will be awesome. But we seem to prefer the golden calf. But God loved His creation and found a way to bridge the gap and sent His Son to live as God intended. A perfect life in communion with God. And to reveal God's character to us. And what we saw was Jesus pursued sinners. He hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes and all kinds of bad people. He pursues the woman at the well who's had five husbands and is living with somebody who's not her husband and still hasn't found love. He pursued Zacchaeus, who was a liar, a cheater, a turncoat against his own people, universally despised. Jesus pursues the man who lives in the graveyard. And evil has such a strong grip on him that when Jesus says, who's in there? The answer is, we are legion. There's many of us here. And Jesus pursues sinners. And he tells us stories about 
the prodigal son who leaves home and the father who represents God who stands on the porch every day looking for his son. And when he sees him a long way off, he runs to meet him and throws a big party. And God tells us the story of a woman who loses a coin and calls all her friends over to help her search for the coin. And He tells us the story of a shepherd who's missing just one sheep and goes out into the night at great personal risk to find what is lost. And in John 8, 8, 19, Jesus tells us, If you know me, you know my Father. Because God has always been like Jesus. God will always be like Jesus. We just didn't know it. And God and Jesus have always pursued us and loved us. And at the end of Jesus' life, He is crucified. And the weight of all the sins of everybody who has lived and ever will live is placed on Jesus. And He bears the cost for our sins. This part's important. See, a finite man, a mortal man, can only pay a everlasting debt forever the wages of sin is death forever but an infinite God can pay an infinite debt in a finite amount of time let me say that again the finite man can only pay an infinite debt for infinity, eternal death. But an infinite God can pay an infinite death in a finite amount of time. And Jesus proves that He is God, not when He dies on the cross, but when He rises again. Lots of people died on the cross. But only one rose again. And just like in creation, when God does the work of creation and rests on the Sabbath, God does the work of salvation and rests on the Sabbath. And then it continues. And Jesus provides a way for all who accept and all who believe to spend eternity with God. Truly good news. Because we could not pay that debt. See, because nails didn't hold Jesus to the cross, we can't build a cross and nails strong enough to hold God. Love held Jesus to the cross. And some of us have never heard this story before. 
And if you've never heard this story before and you want to know more, I'm going to ask you to take that card in the pew and put your name on it. Go ahead and fill that out. Please put a phone number. Please put an email address away for me to contact you. I can't tell you how many cards I get that don't have phone numbers on them. It kills me every time. And this is not a hard sell kind of thing because God gave everyone the opportunity to choose and we respect everyone's right to choose. This is not like when you've won a free vacation. All you have to do is listen to our sales pitch. And you come out with a timeshare. That's not how we do it here. Nobody will tackle you to the floor. Twist your arm behind your back. Make you yell uncle. Say, we got him. He's a Christian now. But if you want to know more, please fill out that card and let us know. Maybe you've heard the story before, but you've always been able to kind of have a reason to push that out. Say, I don't have time. I'll deal with that later. I encourage you today, don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. Because when we're young, we think we got that Superman logo on our chest. Pretty indestructible. As you get older, you realize how thin the thread of life is. And you never know what day your life might be required of you. Some of you may have made a commitment before, but you've wandered away. Today's a good day to reaffirm that commitment. Some of you may have made that commitment before. And you may have stuck with it. Said, I'm still firm. It's still a good day to reaffirm that commitment. To remember what Jesus did for you on the cross. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you have done for us, Lord. You've paid the price that we could not pay. It would take us an infinity. Lord, help us not to put off making a decision for you. It's easy for us to get sidetracked and accidentally wander away, Lord. Please forgive us and accept us back as you always do. Lord, and for those who are wondering whether they should make this commitment today or not, Lord, please send your Spirit to guide them. Help them find their way, Lord. Pursue them the way you have always pursued us. We're so grateful for your love, Lord. Thank you so much for what you've done. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.